0: From Fortress Fund Managers, this is Do It For Grantley, a podcast where we speak with women and men in Barbados about their grant leads and other money matters. I'm Kim Howard, Marketing Manager at Fortress, and my co-host is Omar Kennedy. Hello, listeners. An entrepreneur, author, and former financial manager. Today, Omar and I have dedicated this episode to you, our listeners. We're talking all about some of the financial jargon which can make these conversations about our grant leads and financial planning somewhat more confusing. So we asked you to send us those terms that you wondered about, and we're clearing them up in today's episode, Terms and Conditions. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. So let's get to it. Hey, it's me again. We know that talking about money isn't always easy. There's often lots of jargon, and it can be kind of confusing, which is why we started this podcast. So tell us, what's one financial term you want to know more about? That's one financial term you want to know more about. Head over to speakpipe.com/slash do it for podcast. That's speakpipe like stamppipe.com slash do it for podcast, and record your question. Remember to state your name first. Hello and welcome to Do It for Grantley. I am Kim Howard.
1: I'm Omar Kennedy.
0: And. Do for Grandly is a podcast brought to you by Fortress Funds Managers. Fortress is a mutual fund company based here in Barbados. All we do is provide mutual funds to our investors, investors that are companies, investors that are individuals. We offer mutual funds in both Barbados and U.S. dollars. And today we're going to take a little bit of a different approach to how we usually do the podcast. Um, we are going to answer some questions that we've been receiving from both our listeners and from some of our clients who come into Fortress and this is the first one. Hi, good afternoon. My name is Lee and I just wanted to know what exactly is a mutual fund in layman's terms?
1: Hi Lee, thank you for the question. A mutual fund is an investment product which takes money from you, the investors, and puts it in one big pool. And when there is more money in that pool, the mutual fund is able to invest in different investment instruments, investment products that regular individual investors could not. So for example, there are investments which may require a minimum investment of $100,000 or $200,000 and the average investor will not have that. But when everyone pulls together their money into one big pot, Fortress is then able to take that money and break it down into several different investments which persons may not ordinarily be able to invest in. Also, what happens is If persons who are doing investing, they may invest in one or two companies, which they may know or they've heard about or they see trending in the news. Fortress are professional money managers and they're on the forefront of what is going on with all the information going on in the financial world internationally and locally. So then they're able to choose the best investments out there and invest in them for you. This makes sure that you can um, get some of the best returns on the market and you know, manage your risk. A mutual fund also operates on your principle of diversification, uh, not putting all of your eggs in one basket. I just mentioned that you may just invest individually in one or two investments, which you may know about, but Fortress can invest literally in hundreds of different investments. So we're not putting all of your eggs in one basket. You're spreading the risk across many investments, not just in Barbados, not just in the Caribbean, but all over the world. I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah. And also all over in different industries as well. So it's not Mm -hmm. like you're exposed to oil only or tech, the tech industries or anything like that. It's spread in different countries all over the world, like Omar said, but also in different areas of interest. So I hope that answers your question. Lee. Hi guys, this is Winston. Um, the question I really want to know about investing is how does mutual funds actually make me any
1: money? Okay. Hi Winston. How are you doing? Um, A mutual fund makes money under this principle. Mutual funds invest in assets. And as you know, assets, the value of them can go up or they can come down. So every quarter, every month, the the portfolio managers are monitoring all of these assets to see how they're doing. And when these assets go up in value because the companies or countries are doing well, the investment that, that that fortress puts into them, likewise rises if something bad happens there's a natural disaster you know there is um, a hurricane or um, an earthquake uh, a pandemic I I, I, who could forget a pandemic you know sometimes the companies do not do as well and other companies do better in pandemics and after natural disasters so you know the, the fortress monitors all of this that is going on and makes the best investment decision to you, for, for you. So when the companies go up in value, the value of your mutual fund rises. When it goes down, the value of your mutual fund investment also goes down. But a lot of persons get nervous about the ups and downs in the mutual fund industry. But what it must be noted is that the general trend for fortress mutual funds is up. And significantly, Fortress has one of the best sets of mutual funds. No, the best? Should I say the best? You can say the best. Fortress has the best mutual funds on the island. And your investments are well managed.
0: The other thing, Omar, that we didn't speak about, either when we answered the question from Lee about what a mutual fund is and what it invests in, and also this question about how it makes money, there are other types of things that mutual funds invest in. So there are things that are traded on the stock market, which are equities or stocks, which are essentially just shares. You own a small portion of a company. So you here sitting down in Barbados in your veranda somewhere, you technically have a tiny, 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 tiny share of a company somewhere in Tokyo or Greece or, you know, Russia, anywhere that the particular uh, mutual fund is invested in. But the other things that mutual funds also own are things like property and bonds. And we currently don't own any property funds, but we do have a bond fund or several bond funds, and those work a little differently than the equity investments. So a bond essentially is a promise, a promise to for whoever is borrowing the money to repay you at a particular rate of return at a particular time in the future. So you would have um, bonds from governments as well as from corporations who are trying to raise some kind of cash or funding, sorry, from the corporations who are trying to raise funding, the difference then would be that those things are not traded on the stock market. But because you have a promise to be repaid when you purchase this bond to be paid at a particular rate of return at a particular time in the future, then that is what that investment will earn. Um, so with our bond funds, we have several bonds would be all in one pool, and again, that's also diversified geographically in different countries and different in areas. And then when those bonds become mature, mm-hmm. then you would benefit from those returns as well. The difference between those and the equities that Omar was speaking about is that because you know exactly how much you're going to be paid at a particular point in the future, you probably will never quite earn as much with those type of investments as you potentially could earn with an equity investment because essentially the sky's the limit um, for things that are traded on the stock market, but there's also more fluctuation for things that are traded on the stock market. So that's those are another thing that you may want to think about as well in terms of how mutual funds make you money. Thank you for that.
1: Yeah, and one last thing I'd like to add on to that, and Kim made some very um, good points just now, is that um, there's something called risk and reward. And you would find in finance that if you want more reward, you have to undertake more risk to get it. So it's basically going with what Kim just said. Bonds carry a lower level of risk. So the level of return, the level of reward also tends to be lower. Stocks carry a higher level of risk. But of course, that means the the, um, stocks carry a higher level of return.
0: Indeed. What's the next question? Hey, my name is Andre. My question is, what is the difference between a select fund and a managed fund? Wow. Um, Andre, I thought I knew the answer to that question, but I was talking to Omar and I think he has the better answer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Andre. Uh, A select fund is, um, I guess, another term for uh, a growth fund. Um, You would find that uh, select funds and growth funds tend to be used interchangeably. So a growth fund or a select fund is one where there is a managed level of risk, but you would find that the levels of returns tend to be higher than something like an income fund, which is primarily invested in bonds. So you would find that... um, select fund or a growth fund tends to be invested more so in stocks or high-yielding mutual funds or sometimes high-yielding bonds. Um, So it has that additional uh, aspect of risk to it. But of course, as we just mentioned, you get a higher level of potential reward. And a managed fund now, um, a managed fund is simply um, a fund where you, the investors, give Uh, a portfolio manager money to invest for you so it's managed by professional money managers Fortress are professional money managers they've been in the business for a very long time how long Kim
0: it's almost 25 years
1: almost 25 years older than some of our listeners (laughs) you know so that, that that goes to show that Fortress they are professionals they've been doing this for a very long time they are good at managing your investment to make sure you make some solid returns
0: I hope that answered your question, Andre. And I think it's better than anything I was discussing with Omar earlier. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So does it it really matter in terms of, you know, your portfolio? Is it important to have both a select fund and a managed fund? Or could you get by with just having one type? Does it matter, Omar? Well, um,
1: with Fortress... You could have a select fund or you could have an income fund, which are both managed. So um, it depends really on what you really, really want. So for example, um, persons who invest in select funds or, or growth funds, let's call them growth funds, um, they tend to be persons who are younger and persons who don't mind a bit of additional risk in their portfolio. The persons who choose this fund do such because in the first instance, if you are younger, um, you may have a long time to retirement. You may have a long time to your investing goal. You are younger, so you can afford to take a bit more risks. And as you get older, as you know, well, you should take less risks. (laughs) You know, you don't want to be, you know, later on in your ages and your age and you're doing the same risky things that you did when you were a child or when you were a young adult. So as you get older, uh, you then may switch from the the, the, the the select funds, the growth funds, and then go into an income fund, which has a little less inherent risk. But of course, the reward is also a little less.
0: Right. And the, the reason why an income fund would be attractive to someone who's older is because you're approaching the point of retirement or you're retired. Mm-hmm. You still want to have money to live off, to, off of, but you're not working anymore per se. Mm-hmm. So you need to have something, but you need to know that that something is definitely going to turn up for you. You don't mm-hmm. need to know what do you mean that it dropped in value this month. You, you need to be able to be sure that you have something to fall back on. So that would be why an older person would be interested in that. Absolutely. Right, who do we have up next? Hi, this is Susan. Um, I'm wondering what exactly is the expense ratio of a mutual fund, what that term refers to? Thank you.
1: Well, an expense ratio is basically... Um, uh, the percentage of costs as compared to the total assets of the fund so a mutual fund is not run for free there there are fees which um, the, the the client will pay on an annual basis so um, you would look at those costs and then divide them by the total fund a- um, the total assets in the fund altogether so for example if the the, the costs on your mutual fund were um, $100 and the fund size was uh, $10,000, that would mean that the expense ratio would be 1%. So you divide the total costs um, by the, the, the total assets on an annual basis. Um, Kim, do you want to get into um, the, the, the fees, um, ho- what, what the fees are for the fortress funds?
0: Well, I know that. Well, the first important thing is, and I, I really appreciate you asking this question, Susan, too, because we always tell people to make sure that they look at this information. And for us, we make sure that information is always readily available. So on every single quarterly report in our annual reports and on our website for the respective funds, all of those fees are disclosed. So you have things like custodian fees, and those are the people that essentially keep the money because we, as the mutual fund manager, we don't keep the money. The custodian is responsible for that. The other things would be like legal fees, um, manager's fees, and then some other miscellaneous costs. And I think the range for, uh, for our funds, I think the... Le- and the other thing, too, would be that bond funds are less, I guess typically lower fees than an equity fund. Mm -hmm. So ours range, I think, from 0.95% to 1.95%. Correct, yeah. uh, At least for the Barbados dollar funds for sure. So yeah, that information is readily available if you ever want to look it up. It is on our website, on the particular funds page. It's also in all of our reports so that people can clearly see what it is. And I mean, there are things like, you know, the FSC who we are monitored by and auditing fees, auditing fees mm -hmm. so that, you know, things are always checked. All those things, that's all that is worked into it. So those are, those are what bakes into that and give you the expense ratio. So thank you very much for that question.
1: And and Susan, one last thing I would like to add that makes this a very good question and, and makes what Kim says so important is that with your hard earned dollar, you should be able to look and find readily the answers to almost any question that you have to ask. And you know, the more information that is disclosed, the more comfortable you feel as an investor. And we all know that there are investors out there um, in, who, who who tout um you know transparency and doing all these things, but they don't give you any information at uh, Fortress. All the information is there to make sure that you are as comfortable as possible with your in, with your monies being invested
0: for you. And that's also really why I'm really happy to do this episode because we welcome questions. You know, we, we are happy to answer your questions and we are happy to make the information available. The challenge sometimes is, is that sometimes people don't necessarily want to look up the information, but it is there. So thanks again for asking this and sending me over to Investopedia to figure out exactly what it meant. <laughs> okay, what do we have next? Hi, my name is Natasha. And my question for the team is: What is the significance of the change in the share price to my mutual fund balance and the return on my investment?
1: Hi, Natasha. Um, we, we kind of answered this already, but um, it basically they, they basically go hand in hand. When you see the net asset value, when you see the price, the share price of your mutual fund increase, the value of of your investment. Likewise goes up by a similar amount. So, for example, if you bought 10,000 shares at $1 each and they have gone up by 15%, so you would find that the value has gone from $1 to $1.15. And that means as well that your $10,000 now becomes $11,500, the similar increase of 15%. So, you will find that the net asset value the share price that you would see in, um, on, on on your statements will rise or fall depending on the value of the underlying assets. And
0: though, those, those prices change on a weekly basis for most of our funds. I think there's only maybe, I think our pension fund is on a monthly basis. And our global funds are every two weeks, but most of our other funds is once a week. So that value is calculated every week. Basically, all of the things that that particular fund owns, the value of that is calculated every week to determine what is the net asset value of the particular fund. And that can go up or down from week to week. And that's one of the reasons, too, where we say it doesn't always make sense to try to do what people call timing the market um, because you don't know necessarily whether it's going to go up this week or down this week. And so for example, last year, when we had the tremendous drop, I think when the first around in March, when the pandemic really sort of hit the world by storm markets freaked out and, you know, the value dropped. So some people were alarmed by that and they were like, Oh my gosh, should I come and get my money? I'm like actually no, what you should do is bring more money because now that $1 stock, no cost, I'm using figures here, please don't quote me on these, but now that's $1 stock no cost $0.25 cents or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And so therefore you can own more shares of it because what ended up happening is that the market rebounded very shortly after. So you were able to get own shares essentially on sale. Absolutely. As opposed to buying, paying top dollar for them. Who doesn't like to get stuff on sale? Precisely.
1: <laughs> and, and to use Kim's example, um, where, where you would have purchased a share for $1, if it did indeed drop to $0.25, cents, instead of spending $1 and getting one share, you spend that $1 and get four shares. Right. And so when the, when the value of those goes back up, you make all that money as it goes up back to the $1 and past $1. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you look at these things and you don't see them as a disadvantage. You see them as an opportunity.
0: Right. And if you really think that seeing them at all is going to be discomforting to you and you're going to lose sleep, just don't see them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Actually, some people do that. They only look a few times a year at the end of every quarter because they don't like to see the volatility, but they do know at the end of the day, at the end of the year, I'm sorry, that their value will go up.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so people who stuck with the funds last year are smiling very big this year because over the past year, the mutual the the funds returned their value pre pandemic pre first lockdown and have gone past it so that it actually happened that this this financial year our financial year ended in September was the second best performing financial year that we have had for our growth fund which is our first which is our first mutual fund
1: absolutely yeah. and actually at this point Kim there's mm-hmm. um, another question which I think um, will be very um, pertinent to play at this time okay. Um, listen this is this.
0: Hey, this is Adam. Quick question. What would be the expected returns on the Fortress Growth Fund per year?
1: On the site, it says one year return 23.92%. Uh, that couldn't possibly mean an actual return of 23%, right? As in if I put $100, I don't have $123 at the end of the year. Or does it?
0: Absolutely. That is exactly what it means. Yep. But it would mean, Adam, that you would have had to invest exactly a year Before that price. So if you invested, I I think that might have been the NAV for the net asset value for last week. So if you had invested a year from last week, then your $100, if, if you had never invested another cent after that $100, that is what it would mean. That is exactly what it would mean. But we can never tell you when it's going to be like that. What we can tell you is that we try to manage the money as best and as sensibly as we can based on our experience and our analysis of the underlying assets. And so therefore the general idea is that over time you will see healthy returns.
1: I think it's your last question now, I believe.
0: Hi, my name is Kevin. How does compound interest work for the mutual fund? So we get this question quite a lot. Uh, People often ask, well, how does compound interest work for a mutual fund? So it works the same way that compound interest works in anything. The, The difference would be that they're compounding returns. So when your money is invested, uh, people often ask too about dividends and that type of thing. The money that you make on your investment are your returns. And that money is then reinvested into the fund. And that is compounded so that you can make money on top of the money that you already made. If that makes any sense. Do you want to clarify that a little bit,
1: Omar? uh, The best thing to do is to clarify it with numbers, I find sometimes. Suppose you start off with $1, you know? And you're getting a 10% return on that $1 um, every year. Just just suppose. Now, um, when you get the the return at the end of the year, that $1 will now be $1.10, a 10% gain. But if you're going into the second year, you're taking $1.10 and putting 10% on top of that. So it's not another 10 cents you're getting. You're getting You're getting 11 cents on top of it. So your investment now becomes $1.21. And for the third year, um, it would then go up by, um, uh, by another 10%. And it goes up to $1.33 with an additional one one hundredth of a cent. So it shows that every time a year passes and you make that 10%, your investment profit goes up by a larger and larger amount each time so it shows that the longer you invest in an investment the better it is for you because your money starts growing at a faster rate so we often tell persons that mutual funds are long-term investments and as a long-term investment mutual funds can really work for you
0: yep and that is also why we tell people to look at the the growth since inception or inception is just a fancy way of the growth since when the fund started. Because if you look at a three month or one month return, things, because they fluctuate, can always, not always necessarily be a good reflection of the value of the asset that you Absolutely. own. Yeah. So if you look at it from inception, you would see that the trend over time is to grow at a certain level. Well, thank you guys for your questions. They really were thought-provoking questions, and I'm happy that people felt comfortable, you know, letting us know some of the things that they wondered about. There's never a stupid question, especially when it comes to your money. Absolutely. You know, there's no reason to hesitate or think, well, I ain't so sure, I ain't gonna ask nothing, I don't want to think that I'm foolish. Like, how does that help you? You know, ask the question. And the other important thing to remember is that any company or any organization or individual that you are entrusting your money to you should be able to ask questions and get a clear answer that you can understand and if they've given you an answer that you can't understand then you need to either ask them again or maybe look at something else because they need to be able to break it down and to be able to understand where it is that you're coming from so that they can help you be clear on what it is that you're doing so we hope that that we were able to do that today (laughs) Uh, if we were not able to do that today then please let us know we would definitely welcome hearing from you and if there are other questions that you have we're always happy to hear them so we can't promise you when next we'll do a terms and condition episode but we can definitely answer questions in between and maybe feature them on the show so thank you so much each of you guys who sent us a question by the way will get a free do it for grantly limited edition t-shirt and they're awesome <laughs> so i actually am wearing mine today you can't see it but i'm wearing mine today and i will make sure that i reach out to all of you so that you can get your t-shirts thank you so much for joining us i'm kim howard i'm omar kennedy bye do it for grantly is a production of fortress fund managers you can listen to and download all our episodes in all the good places podcasts are available or on our website FortressFund.com, that's FortressFund.com. Remember to let us know what you think about the podcast, this episode, or other money matters. You can send us a voice note at FortressFund.com podcast, email us at info at FortressFund.com, or message us on Facebook or Instagram at Fortress Fund Managers. Most people find out about podcasts through recommendations, So spread the word and tell your friends about our show. Until next time, I'm Kim Howard. And I'm Omar Kennedy. Thanks for listening.